The three of us are now here. The audio is now working. That means we are ready to do the show. You guys missed what I said before. You will never know what I said in the original intro. You'll just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, YouTube might have canceled us. We might have been kicked off the platform if you guys could have heard what I was saying while you couldn't hear me. So instead of focusing on that, let's focus on the first book of the night. Let's get into The Resurrection of Magneto, number two. This is what you came for, right? The comics talk. Al Ewing, the writer. Luciano Vecchio on the art. David Curiel and Jesus Abertov on the colors. And Joe Sabino on the letters. Last time we reviewed Resurrection of Magneto with issue one. If it wasn't a unanimous pick of the week, it was pretty close. And I'm here to tell you. Let's cut through all the BS right now. This was the best book of the week. This was it. I Stop it. I, I, I genuinely have a fight on my hands. Stop it. Listen, Marvel delivered this week. Let's not even lie, right? Marvel. Mm. Mar- Marvel delivered this week. What books did we read? Wait. Hold, hold, hold on. Is it the you're Flash? Gonna, is it the gonna Flash? You're going to Are you going to argue about the Flash? Is that what it is, Kale? We might we might have to oh change the order God. because I did I did a lot of homework today. Oh my God. All right, listen. Listen. Let's Okay, fine. So it's not a unanimous pick of the week. This is my pick of the week. I'll give it. I'll give it. I will indulge. Okay. All right. So two out of 3. This is good fine. as hell though. I'll, I'll say that. So it, it opens with a, a very, very good scene, a very interesting scene where Magneto is recounting a mission that he went on at an earlier point with Namor. This, this is not, I'm not, I can't swear by this, but this looks like uh, it might've been during maybe like Hickman era-ish times. It could be off. Yeah. yeah so I, I mm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah. And he gets this, what's some kind of key. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what it's for. And I was like, okay, whatever. So what? Um, and then there's this incredible, unbelievable sequence. This is one of the greatest interactions one of the greatest conversations i have read in a comic book in a very long time between storm and magneto where they go through all the history magneto is this great operatic philosopher big speaker big thinker things weigh on him and he is now weighing judging his past actions. He is at the end of his life. His life is over and he is judging himself in this limbo space that he is in. And he finds himself wanting. He finds that the sins he has committed outweigh whatever good he has done in his life. And Storm arrives to have the argument with him about his past. Phenomenal conversation. What am I doing? What am I doing? Of course, this is pick of the week. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, this is. I opened it and I went, wait a minute. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
There you go. These these people exist on scales. The actions that they take are far greater, have far more weight to them. You know, they're kings and queens in in a certain sense. They are uh, world shapers. You know, Magneto and Storm have the power just unto themselves as individuals to end or destabilize the world. And the way that they use that power for good or ill, you know, the what they're influenced by matters so much more. And so, you know, Storm makes the point that, yeah, you have killed a lot of people. And yes, a lot of people have died in your name. But were your actions not motivated by a greater cause? And did you not also take actions that saved lives? Not just mutant lives. Because you don't have to go that far back to find time when Magneto was a hero. Magneto has been a hero in continuity for a very long time now. So he is a good man with a bad past. A dark past. But I don't think that he that has to be all that he is. And that's what Storm's saying. Go ahead, Kill. Well, I was just going to say, I think it also... It leans into that... Um... I'm not. I'm about to not say anything different from than than what you said. So, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and it, and you know, I had the thought while I was reading this. This is God. I I just I love comics so much because this is what comics can be. This is a conversation between two people, right, who have known each other for longer than any of us have been alive. In terms of real life time having passed. So even though for them it's only been, you know, however long, 20 years, however long. There are all these comics that back up and support the conversation that they're having. And Al Ewing, an expert, one of the greatest writers of this era, pulls from all of that to deliver a conversation that earns itself by utilizing the weight of the past. It's brilliant. Well, just just to add on to that, by utilizing the weight of the past in death, in the a physical manifestation of death and limbo and judgment, like it's you know we're literally inside a concept, and they're having and they're having this conversation. Wild. Yeah, just just brilliant from top to bottom. Really, really an incredible comic book. I think, you know, we've had conversations about, you know, the fall of X and how the X-Men are going out sad and everything like that. But this story is worthy. Like, this justifies yeah. all the other BS that we're getting. Like, I, I, I'm almost thinking, like, and we got to get Al back on the show because it's like, yeah, is this the story you've always needed to tell about Magneto right now? Like, is this your testament? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable stuff. It really, really, truly is. And it's an Al double feature this week. This guy is doing work in every area yeah. right now. I love, I love how this follows up on some of the concepts I talked about from the last issue too, specifically. Mm. Um, of like the symbolism of the the tarot card yeah. that uh, kept popping up, um, and especially you know with it's the theme of this issue. Yeah, 
you know, he can't move forward um, because he's so busy concentrating on the past and, you know, the, the helmet and, and his so much so that his eyes are gone, you know? And I like that the, the visual metaphor of the bleeding eyes, right? He cannot bear witness to his own actions. Only those are, mm-hmm. only the other people can truly do that and therefore judge him. You're right. You're right. Uh, and so that permeates throughout the issue until finally, you know, he's, he's relinquished of those things. He's, he's, he's set free and can see and can not objectively reflect on his past, but um, he can at the very least empathize. And, you know, I just wanted to add the thought that um, that came to my mind while, you know, looking at that stuff is like, you know, your eyes are only for one thing, which is seeing the present moment. It's for seeing what is in front of you. And if you're not going to use them for that, which Magneto was not doing, all he was consumed by was the past, was prior actions, good or bad. What are your eyes for? So just incredible work on the part of Al Ewing, a, a true master. Um, and, and, and by the way, phenomenal art, too. It's a great-looking comic book. I want to say I especially love the, uh, the weight of the, the red and purple Magneto yeah. helmet and cape. Mm-hmm. Like when you first see it towering over, uh, over him, I, that was phenomenal beautiful and then he uses it as a you know a a battering ram to try and you know uh, fight storm wild i i think there were some and, and these are minor details but from the side like the profiles of faces sometimes felt elongated um which looked a little structurally weird front on i think it was fine um but i my only critique on those were when you look at at somebody from a profile like sometimes you see, uh, and, and it's especially prevalent towards the towards the back half. Um, uh, there's a few sequences where, uh, like, uh, where where Magneto can finally see. You see Storm sort of over the shoulder, and the face is a little like awkward. Um, small structural stuff like that, but I think otherwise to communicate what needs to be the emotion there, the the weight of things. I, I think is well done. Minor minor gripe. I wonder if there's a little style in there. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I, I was taking all of this in, right? And this is such a great comic book. And I'm, I'm blown away by the visuals. I'm blown away by the story, you know. And then I get to this page that just, just shocked me out of everything that I was experiencing. And it was this. It was this ad <laughs> for Blood Hunt number one that... That just popped up out of nowhere, like one of those shitty ads in a YouTube video that you're really enjoying. And it and it has this it has this phrase on it that really just really just stood out to me. Who will bite it? Oh my who, god. Who will bite it? Well we we know it will be Magneto. <laughs> well, put, put that put that back, Sean. Put that back. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. that's actually me right next to it. Uh, I'm I am Magneto, eyes bleeding seeing that. <laughs> can, you, can, can you imagine though if this were the old days and that was us the old days uh, 2010 and that was a snickers a snickers ad i would prefer that actually shout out to snickers i would i would prefer that so was that shadow king at the end because i, I love the shadow i think king. so yeah i think so one of I my gen- favorite 
I don't know who else it could be. Right. One of my favorite X-Men villains. Kale, do you remember the episode of X-Men, the animated series, where when Storm goes to Africa and she has to fight the Shadow King by herself? I'll watch that tomorrow, though. Bro, oh my God! When oh. when did that happen? Because I I recently watched the Nightcrawler episode in like season four, when he's in like the 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 German town or whatever. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'd ever seen that. So I don't I don't uh, I don't know if there's like a gap in my uh, X Men the animated series knowledge knowledge. Dude, that is a phenomenal episode. Love it. Go watch that. Uh, pick of the week. I yeah, just yeah. there Easy. were other books I enjoyed this week, but this was tops. I yeah. I I can't tell you enough how much you need to go get this. It doesn't matter. This is how good it is, right? It does not matter whether or not you have been reading from the Hickman era mm. on. Or not. If you have a cursory familiarity with these characters, this book will hit. It'll hit more the more you know. But it's just that damn good. Go buy yeah. it. That's a great point. Yeah, it feels almost like it can stand alone as like a two-issue sort of meditation. Yeah. This is, a ma- this is a Magneto character study. Like, Yeah. 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 Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate everybody who is watching us live, watching us later, whenever it is. Thanks for hanging out with us. We've got a lot more books we're going to be talking about. We've got we've got uh, 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 some more Marvel stuff coming up and one DC book, The Flash, that somehow made its way in. This show... <laughs> oh, jeez. This show <laughs> is sponsored by you, be it our patrons over at patreon.com slash thecomicspals or our channel members. We're very thankful for all of you guys. Um, you know, we appreciate the fact that you want to support what it is that you enjoy. We do that every single week with the comics, right? We go out and buy the books we like. You support the things that you like, uh, which in this case happens to be this show. This Saturday, we are going to be joined live at 10.15 a.m. Eastern by none other than the writer of Ultimate Black Panther, the writer of Blade, the writer of American Carnage, Brian Edward Hill, one of my favorite guests we've ever had. I actually just listened to that uh, interview last night, and it was, the three of us were actually on it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Mm. My man could talk. But he talks about interesting shit. He's got yeah. things on his mind mm. that are fun to hear him talk about. So can't wait for that. Um. You're going to have a chance to win one of Brian Edward. Well, not you, Kill. Um, uh, the listener. Capital L listener. You guys will have a chance to win the first volume of one of Brian Edward Hill's books, be it again, Blade, uh, American Carnage, Killmonger, take your pick. All you have to do is show up live, leave a comment or a question for Brian, and if you win, message us on Twitter, message me on Discord, and we'll get you set up with that. That that'll be a lot of fun. Will we take Instagram too? Uh sure. How are you? DMs. Yeah. Just get us. us. That's that's the crucial part. Yeah, exactly. Wanted to hit a couple of comments before we move forward. 
This one's from MJ Loon, which is a name I've not seen before. Again, I always love to pull these whenever we see them. And uh, they ask, have you guys seen the new Superman emblem reveal and film title change by James Gunn? So uh, this show is dedicated to reviewing comics. So generally, we don't talk about the film end of things. We talk about that on Saturdays. Uh, that's our main show at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. That's when it airs live. And then, of course, you can get it at any other time. But uh, because you're new and because we will not be talking about those things this Saturday, given we have a guest, I would like to just quickly answer that. I did see that. Um, and I love the emblem reveal. It looks great. It's in color. It looks fantastic. Um, need to see it full body. You know, it's a picture of, of Superman in, in the snow, but it's really tight on the emblem, so you can't really see much else. It looks great. Um, and then on the title change, so the movie was titled Superman Legacy. I always kind of thought maybe that was a working title. I was surprised that they kept going with it, but now it's officially titled Superman, which makes it the first movie hmm. titled Superman since Superman from Superman. 78. Wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Which I love. I love that. Yeah, good point. No reason why not. Superman. Boom. It's bold. Baby. Easy. I love it. Yep. Have you seen the uh, the TikTok leaks or whatever? No. There, there are full costume TikTok leaks. No way. Let me tell you, the cod piece on that suit, if it's real. <laughs> the man ain't the only super part, if you catch oh. my drift. Whoa. <laughs> Hey now. Uh, also, Marley said, "Hello, Marley said I like the astonishing X Men run Charles Soul did with Shadow King and Xavier playing chess, even though Charles was dead at the time." Yeah, you know, I vaguely remember that. I definitely read it, but it's been so long, so so long. The uh, the Shadow King stuff in Legion, the TV show, was incredible whoa shadow king was on that show he's not mm, yes but he's not the same he's not quite the same shadow king uh i think you would like legion though all right what are we is this uh is this uh what was that segment we used to do where we had to recommend each other shit oh i recommended you the animated series now you're recommending me legion all right I'll, I'll watch it. It's ge- genuinely, even if you don't like the Shadow King bits, Legion is good stuff. Okay, sounds good. Let's dive into the next book. Let's talk The Amazing Spider-Man, number 44, written by Zeb Wells, with art by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Menez, and letters by Joe Caramagna. This is the finale of the gang war arc and uh too little too late i say <laughs> papa bless bluff finale <laughs> thank you no I love that yeah, go yeah ahead. sorry i love that zeb was like uh you'll never see this coming it won't end the way you think it will <laughs> are you sure about that huh yo this this end felt telegraphed like Three four issues ago, like I, I feel like I, I don't I don't usually have that kind of experience with comics where I can 
I, I can I obviously see the the machinations sometimes, um, but not to the degree of which. Well, hold on a second. Things just feel like they're going to end up at net neutral. There is no going to be individual character growth. There's uh, the players are going to end up where they started, and this is sort of the a poor form of that. Usually, when you, when you can you can reset, I think, um, and start at that net neutral again, um, and at least feel like things happened. But you could probably remove this event and we'd still be back in the same place like this didn't feel like it needed to happen well let's talk about what happened so it's more of the gang war more of the fighty stuff uh now tombstone his you know his deception is revealed and we know now that he was really working his own angle and he wants control of things and for a beat, it looks like maybe the heroes are, you know, at risk. But then the cavalry arrives of Spider-Boy and Jackpot, who is Mary Jane, if you're unfamiliar. Um, and, uh, yeah, the bad guys get beat. And that's about it. It's, it's frankly astonishing how little actually happened of material in this in this event yeah yeah uh it, it it just feels inconsequential and that feels unfortunate considering we've been following it for so long um and in comparison to some of the other issues that have been happening like i, I feel like prior to this um we, we would have moments where maybe i didn't drive with parts of it but it worked and functioned mm. as a comic and this functioned as a comic insofar as it told a, a had a through line, but the execution of it compared to um, having characters change or grow that wasn't there, and and it, it made just made this feel empty, man. It sure is the juxtaposition of text and images. <laughs> yep. However, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like textbook. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Um, yeah, like Amin says, gang war versus Gotham War. Who won? Not us, dude. I would say Gotham War was better. Yeah, definitely. Something happened. It uh, looked better. It looked yeah. better. I mean, you know, I I am always a defender of Ramita Junior. You know, I, I'm not one of those who thinks he's he's washed. I'm one of those who thinks that this arc did not play to his best strengths. Yeah. That's what I yeah. feel. And if you've heard us talk about his art ac across any issue of this arc, I have the exact same feelings about this issue. It's not any better or worse than what we've been getting. Hmm. But I'm just that I'm done with these tight shots. Like this is the most claustrophobic book I've ever read. Yeah. And it's not for style. There's no, there's no like reason for that. It's in a park. It almost feels as though he's doing it to not have to draw backgrounds. Yeah. Look at this scene. Look at this scene between him and Robbie. Yeah. It's so tight. There's never, there's no establishing shot of the hospital. 
There's no establish like the establishing shot of the building is literally like a tiny panel's worth of building. And I'm not go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say Sean, can you go uh past the, the title, the the map with the gang war territories? Can you go like two pages, three pages in where Spider Man's getting blasted in the back? Oh yeah, right here. All right, I do yeah. Yeah. I do uh or the one even before that I think. Or is it that one? This no, one. sorry, the one after that. The, the there's, yeah, yeah, that top one right there, like literally is just establishing shot to have three characters in there. And to your point, like previously in, in the 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 panels prior, he was a few feet away, like there was distance that got closed immediately, so you can see this power shot. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, this this arc certainly took the wind out of my sails. I mean, I've been I've been YouTube's biggest fan of Amazing Spider-Man for the last year, and this arc just was like ah no, the first genuine miss for me yeah. throughout this run. Just not it, not it. And it doesn't even feel you know like you were saying earlier, like it doesn't feel like. Romito was playing to his strengths, but it also doesn't feel like Webb, uh, Zeb Wells. I just called him Webbs. You Webb. did just call him Webbs. That's <laughs> pretty good, actually. Um, I just feel like he's playing to Romito's strength either. Like, uh, so the the panel that I just showed, where Robot Guy is blasting Spider Man in the back, that probably could have been phrased different. <laughs> like in any other Spider Man book. This moment here in the bottom, you know, where Peter's like, gotta fight, no choice, gotta push. In any other book, that would be a great moment showing his determination. But Wells immediately undercuts it by, uh, I don't know, Dave Sex Machina, I guess, with uh, the the shotgun guy blasting the, the sigil off of the two uh, villains there. So we don't even get to see Spider-Man do his Spider-Man thing. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Rapper says, because we wouldn't know that they're in a hospital, huh? Uh, well, the point I was making is that typically you would get an establishing shot of a scene change, and there was an establishing shot panel, but it's of a building that has nothing that indicates that it is a hospital. And every shot is tight, which is bolstering the point that we were making about the entire book having tight shots, which seems like it's in an effort to not draw backgrounds. Yeah, uh, like like less so, uh, less so not because you I don't know you're in a hospital, but just because there's dynamic, there's there's dynamic ways to represent your scene in a comic. You don't have to do just show a face. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm going to pass on this. I think this, this arc is really filler. It doesn't, it doesn't take us to a meaningfully different place than where the book was before the gang war, which mm. is frustrating. Yeah. You know, Peter as a person like Peter Parker has been sidelined. Um, and I'm anxious to get into something more interesting. Like Marley says that this run is ending at 50 which, if that is the case, it doesn't quite feel like we're six issues away from the oh, end yeah. of this run. 
Is that true? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've seen talk about that in the past. About feel like Zeb I recall something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But mm. yeah, I'm I'm passing. Yeah. Same. Easy pass. Yeah. Pass. Nothing here. Uh, it's unfortunate. Well, we are getting uh, Carmen Carnero, I believe, on the next couple of issues. And then Ed McGinnis is going to jump on again. And then Romita will be back. So so we're definitely... And then Romita will be back? Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, last time he came back, you know, punching. Little break. Little break. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Relative time. Yeah, and I'm anxious I, to get. I, I want to see some McGinnis. Well, I yeah, and I was I was gonna say if McGinnis is gonna finish it off, you know we're gonna get that hot McGinnis Green Goblin. Um, I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm here for the Immortal Thor, number seven, written by Al Ewing, with art by Martin Cocolo, who's oh, doing great work. Uh, we've got Matthew Wilson, and I can't find the credits pages, but I'm going to take a guess and say Corey Pettit. How about that? How Am about I it? right? Uh, uh, no, Joe Sabino. Joe Sabino, Whoops. yep. Sorry, Joe. So we're stuck in this story. We've been stuck in this story alongside Thor and Loki. That is some kind of a trap for them. That, that is working on two levels, on the, you know, the nonfiction level of the Enchantress and, you know, Dario Agar, the Minotaur, and the Executioner, but then also Utgard Loki, who factors in now and puts Thor and Loki through a trial, uh, some kind of a trial of, you know, endurance, and... This was an issue for me because I didn't care too much for the last one. Like, it was good. It was good, but I, I didn't love it. This issue for me was like, all right, I get it a little more. I'm starting to lose it, whatever. But then when Loki started to explain what, what had happened and said, oh, this represented that. The Utgard Loki was the, was the giant Skimir from before. You know, like, once all of that was being pieced together and revealed, I was like, okay, all right, I see. I see. I like this. Yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting because it, it felt, on, on my first reading of that, it felt very, oh, let's just tie this up and spell everything out. But then I thought about it for a second in the context of what they were doing, mm -hmm. and it had the... Um, it had the sort of uh, Sphinx riddle sort of, um, you know, mythical fable element to it. You know, each thing symbolized a thing and, you know, uh, it was deeper than you gave it credit for. Mm -hmm. I, I like the myth, like mythological aspect of it to your point kale um hmm. and and it it builds 
it lends to Thor and to Loki and the environment that they're in, like the diction even, right? Like all, all that fits. Um, I, it, I've, I've been appreciating this story and the, the story within the story um, just because I, I thought it's a, it's a good tool. And then when they pull out and they start to, you know, mention that they're, they're introducing magic into it to, to twist things further, um, that, that I thought that was cool. But I think similarly I was getting a little tired like i want to get to the point where we're seeing him um face off or, or acknowledge dario um and, and i know we have that other the 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 like the the forthcoming of the, yeah. the whatever thor so i'm kind of like excited to see the that Robson like I, thor yeah yeah like i get it so now i just want to get to that point uh, i enjoyed this for what it was and it was a fun comic the art's incredible um and it's a it's a really interesting tool that ewing's is using so i'm I'm appreciating it from a like construction perspective but man am i hungry to see some like these two companies go at it i i think the only thing that that kept me from being you know as hot as i want to be on this arc is that i i'm struggling to see like what's the danger are these characters in danger it doesn't seem like they are. It seems like hmm. this is this is not a situation in which their lives are at risk. It's putting Thor to the test, you know, can Thor endure? You know, and I like, you know, I like I like what Al has to say here, which is that yes, Thor can endure. And so he wins the trial from that standpoint. But what would have happened if he didn't? Yeah. You, you know? And didn't this already happen in the past? Isn't this a story that they're revisiting? Or, so, uh, yeah, a, not just a story, but a memory. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. A, a memory. Well, then this is what got me confused. A, a memory within a updated story that is being manipulated by an exterior force. So like, they're remembering it, but the way that Do they're... Sorry? Two exterior forces? Well, multiple, because Dario has, you know, okay. different influences, right? So like but Well, but our Loki is manipulating it too. He's oh, that's fair. Yeah, he's he well, he's trying to like unravel what it is. To yeah. to do be like, no, this is the proof that our past is being magically manipulated. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, fair. And I love it because that 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 that's it works on multiple levels. Mm. You know, it's like you have your own memories that are not infallible. Your memories are fallible. You might remember something wrong. Yep. There, you, you could have memories about things that feel crystal clear to you. It's like it was yesterday. You think you were at Nanny's house on the 33rd, and actually your ass was in bed. You know, yep. like that's how it works. And someone could come into your life and say, hey, I was there. I remember that actually we were at Nathan's house. And then you go, oh, really? And you're both wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's so interesting to me. But then on another level, you write something in a comic book, it's fact. It's set in stone. Mm -hmm. Until 10, 20 years later, someone else comes and writes something else. And they go back and change what was history. Yeah. 
So how does that work for Thor, someone whose life has been eons long, who's forgotten more than he's known or, or remembered more than he's forgotten, however that phrase goes, and his memory is being twisted? Oh, that's interesting. That So, like, it, it's a metaphorical retcon. Right. Like, it's retconning brought, actualized. So it's, it's damn, that's a meta shit right there. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking my head up. That's why I love this book right now. That's yeah. what's working for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, for me, though, and I, I love this. I, I'm definitely not saying this as a slight. I would love to be reading this in trade. I think it I think it'd flow well. Like, like it, it's so thick and not that so little is happening, but there's minutia in, in what's happening that I'm having trouble keeping track. So, you know, having it all in one go, I think would make this a lot better. Yeah, that's fair. Or it would add an, you know, an extra layer to the experience. Because then you'd just be cycling through so much quicker. You can get, yeah. you, you can, you can sort of have it be revealed to you back to back, and I think that'd be a smoother experience than the month gap in between. A bit like a uh, uh, nice house. Sure. Yeah. Nice house. Nice house was good issue to issue, but then when you read it all together, ooh, it worked. Mm. Except that last one. <laughs> can i start a can i start a conspiracy theory right now Hell yeah. i'm gonna start the conspiracy theory that the rocks and thor is poking fun at chris hemsworth himbo thor that's what i'm gonna start is that i i was under the impression that's already what everybody thought <laughs> oh Oh, okay. Didn't we say that? Did, didn't somebody bring that up? When we, when we announced oh, I don't it? know. Maybe it, maybe my wish... memory is working against me, and I don't remember us talking about that. Is that well, listen, if we're going down that road, maybe Marco and I are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure that the 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 superhero Thor, the rocks and Thor, has that you know the short cut hair, and he's very yeah. he's pretty clearly supposed to resemble you know movie Thor. Mm. It's there. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah, yeah, I think Tevin mentioned it. Who? Well, Tevin, our other co-host, John. Right, Kale? No, <laughs> of course, Tevin. <laughs> <laughs> unreal, unreal. Thanks, everybody who's watching us and hanging out with us. We appreciate you so much. If you could do us a favor, if you're having a good time, and you're not subscribed, please do hit that subscribe button. We had a wave of subscribers after our interview with Sal from Comic Pop from this past Saturday. Huge shout out to the population. I consider myself one among you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. It feels really good that you guys uh, showed love in that way. And uh, thank you. So if you guys could subscribe, if you're not, hit the like button if you're enjoying what we're doing right now. As we roll into the listener pick of the week. Avengers Twilight hmm. book three. So just so you know, on youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab, we've got a poll that goes up every single week, every Thursday. And 
Avengers Twilight happened to win this week. So that is why we are talking about it. You guys can make your voices heard by voting in the listener pick poll. This is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Daniel Acuna. Letters by Joe Caramagna. Um, and this issue takes this book for me to the next level. Mm, okay. I really, really like this issue. So we get, I don't, I don't remember if it was confirmed in the last issue, but we see, it probably was, we see that, you know, Tony Stark is still alive. Tony yeah, it was, alive. Right. It was yeah. the last, the last okay. shot of the, or one yeah. of the last shots. Yeah. And Cap knows that, and he is going to go on a solo mission to get his man back. And he's going to have boyfriend. to face, well, listen, in some people's, <laughs> you know, minds, hearts and minds. I, I think it was pretextual here. Oh. He can't sleep. Uh, right. <laughs> he can't sleep at night without his boo. That's right. Um, And he has to fight his man's son to get him back. <laughs> Ain't that just the way. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, because of this mission, we end up getting, you know, a classic, another, another edition of Captain America versus Iron Man. It's a different, different Stark in the suit, but, you know, similar fight. And I got to give credit where credit is due because, uh, the fight between them is awesome. It really is. And if you're, if you're a, a long time Marvel comics fan, if you don't watch that, if you don't look at that sequence and see Civil War, I mean it's beat it's beat for beat on this page that I'm holding up now. These are the same beats. Go back to Civil War. Uh, I want to say, I want to say it's issue three. But if you, I mean, even if you look at seven, like these are the same beats, and it's just beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just off that, the the flow, Acuna's art is, I think, really seamless in being able to just move you along panel to panel. It's really dynamic, really active. Um, uh, I I think I, I I really enjoy the lack of lines that the that like um, outlines. I think that makes for uh, dynamics, not the word, but. Um, like the, it, it feels like the 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 images are kind of floating, and so they they're they're that much more movable. Um, they're, they're not that static. much more real. Yeah, 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 maybe yeah. So I I really appreciate that, and and in, in those you calling those out, Sean, I think the sequences, um, he really brings them to life. Yeah, I th- I I'm I'm fully sure now that Acuna was the right choice for this book. Agreed. The tone. The, the 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 serious tone of this you know he can nail the superhero stuff mm-hmm. um but i just love the vibe that he brings to this book it's just such it's so good Ooh, there's a uh, early on there's a, a a panel where cap uh is sneaking through the um uh the lab and he peeks through a window and the only thing you can see is his his grizzled face and then the a Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was yep. great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, can this you is... go to the Can you go to the next page, actually, uh, Kale? Uh, for me, it was that that center panel 
where he like catches the voice the the guy and then he just yeah. had yeah. the, the lines for like just a little bit of action you know like it's yeah. movement there really subtle good stuff. surprise yeah yeah and of course you know the the big the big moment in this issue is when you know cap gets a shield back mm. you know he's he he's you know he's got it back he's got his groove back and he's ready to kick ass and you know the book just gets so fun from there like i just i had a great time reading this um despite the fact that you know the i still don't i still don't think that the like social aspects the conflict aspects of this series are well defined i still don't fully get why the world has succumbed to this point of view why tony stark's son thinks the way he does like i just don't feel like it's backed up by anything mm. um and i kind of wish it was i wish there was a little bit more philosophy applied um but it's still good i'm still having a good time yeah the 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 ideologies like don't feel represented like it doesn't feel like opposing ideas come manifest to then fight um it's it's fisticuffs which is which is good and it's, it's represented well here but yeah to for it to resonate and to be like no i take a side i think that's what's missing yeah uh Christian Rapper says, Kamal Khan and Cap are an interesting pair. I like that. It's not something you usually see. I wish they could have used an adult Miles, too. Yeah, I really, really love uh, what what Chip does with Miss Marvel here. You know, we do get the big moment. Of course, we all knew, you know, what she would ultimately choose to do. Um, but it was still good to see, you know. Mm -hmm. And I like that regardless of the way that life has beaten her down. And she might not be that... Youth, youthfully exuberant hero that we're used to reading but she still has that fire in her that makes her someone who's going to stand up for what's right that is who she is and then you know i almost don't i don't even want to spoil it we know we don't oh. really do full spoilers you guys want to i mean should we if you guys if you don't want to hear this skip ahead like a minute the, the very end with thor when he fries Iron Man. And, you know, he's like, Iron Man's like, what did you do? And Cap said, I, I did what I always do. I prayed. And we see Thor, you know, standing high and mighty in all his glory, uh, wearing a really cool helmet, actually. Yeah. Um, but his face obscured in the darkness. And he says, it's been a wolf's age, Captain. Shall we assemble? Rad. And you know it's on. Rad. You know it's on. The relationship between Thor and Cap is probably my favorite platonic French platonic relationship in comics. I love those two together so much. The fact that that Thor's a god, he worships Captain America. Hmm. hmm. Huh. It's interesting. He sees everything that's good about humanity in that man. Captain America is the man that Thor would would follow to literal death. The only human male that he would trust to follow to death. And I love that in the moment where Cap needs a god the most, Thor arrives. Brilliant. 
think I like Magneto Xavier. That's the best, my my favorite duo in comics. My man, there's nothing platonic about that relationship, <laughs> and there never has been. <laughs> Sexual tension. Um, the 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 page turn for that same moment where goodbye uncle steve your dreams are a little too dangerous and then you see the crocoon i was like yeah. fuck yeah hell yeah man yeah. that was cool right. it's like oh where was he there he is well and even even the top of the thor page you know where it follows up on what steve says mm. you know what i always do in hard times i prayed is is such a good cut yeah 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 Rami says that felt like a movie moment. It's it so did. It felt very cinematic and it felt very earned. You know, again, it's another one of those times where you play on the history of comics. For someone like me who who's seen these characters for many years, that moment, you know, it's like, oh my god, this is this is why I read this stuff. I love it. Um, top to bottom, this was a great comic book, and I think on most weeks it would have been my pick of the week. But I just feel like Resurrection was, you know, that much. That slight bit better. Agreed. Know. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Was was this that almost for you, Kale? No. Oh. <laughs> Are we doing this? Get into it, baby. Get into it. Is it is it time? Well, yeah. I mean, it's time for the Flash number six. This is this is the last book for tonight. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's 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 written by you know everyone's favorite Simon Spurrier. With art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Trish Mulville, and letters by Hassan Atman Elhal. And I'm going to ask you, Kale, to tell the listeners what happened in this comic book and why this was nearly your pick of the week. This of all books. So let me answer the second question first. And that's because I, I read the whole arc all over again today. What? Oh. And it made a lot more sense to me. We didn't review Again, five, right? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I I looked back and it went, I don't remember any of this. So I started I started at three and I went, oh, I don't remember this. And I went back to two. No, 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 I don't remember this. So I just, I started all over again. And uh, as for what happens this issue, uh, so Wally and Linda go uh, go out to uh have uh, a date but these things that are plaguing the world uh ping up again but this time Barry is taking care of it um and this is the first time we've seen Barry as the Flash in this series mm. and it seems like he's doing stuff that's a lot more uh advanced than what wally's been doing and he's sort of stepping up a lot better um and he's being noticed by these stillness characters um it's all mixing up for me now <laughs> and that's that's the crux of it uh barry uh, has been feeling down on himself, I guess, and he's having, he's been having issues through this uh, this arc, and he's upset that Wally hasn't called him. They're supposed to be friends. They're supposed to be family. They're supposed to be menti mentor, 
Um, and then it turns out something's wrong with Barry. Hmm. And this is where the issue starts to hit. Um, something's taken over Barry, and uh, he uh, goes after Wally. And now we can get into this the discussion, I think. So uh, I was going to ask you, Kale, is this typical interaction between Barry and Wally? Like, it, Absolutely not. Okay, okay. Absolutely not. Because like the I've, – I've been digging the whole like sad boy vibe of this of this series. There's there's very much a um, a melancholy to each of the characters here. Everybody is doubting themselves to some degree or um, sad by certain situations. The, it, it, everything just seems to weigh heavy on people. Um, and I like that that's sort of been the focus for um, Psy because it, it, it makes it a more personal book and it removes some of the elements of superheroisms, which I, I tend to like those angles a little bit. Um, and so I, I – it but it felt so like antagonistic between Barry and Wally that it took me out of the book. I'm like, this feels kind of mean. Like this feels like they're, they're, uh, Barry's being all pissy. Wally's like, well, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what I did. And, and it just feels tense. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of the point. Like it's meant to feel that you, he's meant to provide that tension. But, um, this was the first issue that I was down on. And last issue I thought was phenomenal. Um, with, um, with the sun, with Jai, um, yeah, with Jai, I thought that was so cool. The ideas there, mm. and so then I, I was, I've been riding high on this, and this was the first issue that really brought me down. This, uh, yeah, I was really digging what's been what the, the overall uh, themes and happenings of the book. But again, I, I sort of go back to my uh, original critique is none of these characters sound like these characters. Mm. And I feel like if you're going to take on a superhero book where there's established voices, you have to be able to get that at least a little. You know, mm. because even, even Jai in issue five was spouting you know sciencey fantasy nonsense right and it just doesn't make sense for the character for you know for even a character that kid is eight years old um what i like about this is that each issue uh from issue two he uh hits every uh uh, uh 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 every member of Wally's family. We get an issue with Irie, we get an issue with uh Jai, and we, and this issue focuses on uh Linda. And we get to see how each member of the family interacts with Wally. Mm. And we sl we slowly start to see as Wally is getting more and more stressed out with the stuff that's happening. We start to see his facade crumble, you know, his his plucky 
uh, always cheerful superhero stuff crumble. And that really happens when, when Barry starts shit talking. Because Barry's his hero. Yeah. Again, my issue is the voices. The individual voices are, man, they're just bad. So, I did not have the time of my life <laughs> reading this comic book. Huh? Yeah. And, you know, look, we put it in the poll last time. Listeners didn't choose it. I thought it's the last issue. Let's close out the arc. See what we make of it. How do we judge this arc? And I can say with full confidence that this story is, I am not the target for this. Hmm. I'm, I am absolutely not. I got to the last page and I read the words, the crown of thorns. And I laughed out loud. That was infuriating. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, First of all, Cy Spurrier has made up more terms in these six issues than Jonathan Hickman makes up. Like, there are so many things in this issue that are just terms that I'm just like, what does this mean? Like, like, what are you talking about? Crown of Thorns, Arc Angles, you know, like, like, what are you, what are you getting at? What does this mean? Corona Contrarium. What? It, yeah. What? And it, and it, yeah. it, it it all amounts to nothing for me because I'm not there's nothing tangible for me. I, I like this doesn't feel like Wally. And so I can't invest in what Wally is experiencing. And then Barry is being weird and he's probably mind controlled. So okay, whatever. And then I don't care about anybody else. So all I'm looking at is a comic book that is weirdly paced with tall giant weirdos walking around who seem to have all the knowledge but don't want to answer any of the questions and wally is having an experience that's still six issues deep just doesn't make any sense to me truthfully and maybe cy spurrier is smarter than me and that is totally valid but i don't understand what is happening in this book and what i do understand is not compelling so I just don't, there's nothing here for me. I'm a huge fan of Mike Diodato's art. I think that this is, this is the only time I've seen his work where I'm just like, I don't even, even this isn't working for me. Even that part I'm not in love with. Um, the Vengeance in the chat brings up a really good point. He says, I think bringing back Thawne and having him divide up the Flash family is pretty smart and logical since the best and strongest aspect about the Flash family is they have a good, healthy relationship, which in in that context and in this issue and how he's been feeling he's been feeling disconnected from that family he's been feeling unsure and unsafe and if he's meant to be the cheery one i definitely haven't felt that so um that's interesting that that's what and it plays into what i feel like works about this book so far is that it's about the personalities and the relationships um, and how those things are making him feel he feels like he's wavering but what 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 is the point of focusing 
as you say, on on these characters and family relationships, if you're not going to honor the characters and relationships that are established. If all of that stuff is out the window per the writer's, you know, decision making as far as how to how to handle these characters, Mm. then how can I, as someone who wants to read a Wally story, but isn't really getting one? How do I reconcile that? I don't feel like this is Wally. So I don't care about the relationships. I'm not saying I disagree that 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 that's not a smart angle, taking away the the various people that Flash has in his life. You know, of course that works. Anytime there's a family in comics, the first thing they want to do is break it. It just happened in in Gotham War. You know, we're familiar with that. But what's going to happen that's deeper and more interesting than that? Six issues did not tell me what that is. And that's early. So I'm not saying that this won't get way better. But based on what I got, if I take the six issues as a sampler of what's to come, this is not for me. It's just not. I mean, not addressing that familiarity. Or or rather, I don't have that familiarity, right? So I don't know what the basis of Wally is. And so I think... I, I think I think your point stands, um, but I think this works as well because I don't have that background and coming in with like fresh, this has been a, a, a really interesting way to introduce the characters because I don't have a familiarity with them. So this is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is my flash at the moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, I said I, I started over and I went through the first issue again and I felt the the same way I felt the whole time. This isn't Wally. This isn't, you know, um, I don't like what's happening. None of this works for me. And I started like seeing little bits that I was just nitpicking. I was like, okay, look, I'm never going to get through this if I keep doing this and so then i had i shut that part down and i got you know and then there were there were little bits uh little moments where i was like uh, that sucks but then i got i got through it and after after shutting it down i went oh actually you know what i'm kind of looking forward to issue six but that was the problem was i had to completely i had to completely shut it away mm. Vengeance says, why are we nagging about Thawne like it's the Joker? He hasn't been a part of a story for three years now. That's a good enough break. Yeah, I mean, you know, people get burned out on characters. And, you know, I think I think, I think, think in general, whenever you lead with the main villain, you know, some people will get worn out by that. I personally love Thawne. Like, I got no problem with that. If they, Like, him as the villain, I'm cool with. The Crown of Thawne's line was just like no please on the nose it's just more this is another spurriorism that i could do without but him as the villain i don't have any issue with that that's cool to me like again there are moments of this that i liked i liked what i like the fact that this is that there are emotions at play i like that sai is trying to deal with those things i just don't know if they if the the if that meshes with what I've come to know about these characters. And the science fiction gobbledygook of it all has left me behind. Mm. So what do I have left? 
Um, Fee Waiver, do you really believe the previous Jeremy Adams book were, books were better than this? I enjoyed them more. I had more fun with them. I mean, I'm not going to tell you whether or not what's better than the other, but I know that when I was reading those Jeremy Adams flash books, I was having a good time. I am not having a good time with this. Mm-hmm. But every but you if you love it, that's great. I got like I'm not I'm never going to tell someone they shouldn't like something. I'm only talking about what I think. Yeah, the 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 sci-fi e almost um Lovecraftian maybe is too too much of a stretch, but it's getting into that like larger high sci-fi realm which is a lot of fun mm. um yeah the quantum physics references star trek nerd stuff mm. yeah yeah like, like to what we were saying like that's hitting really well for me um i was gonna ask like the the villains that get showcased at the end mirror master grod and then i don't know the other two I believe that's um uh Cadabra. Is that that guy's name? That's the bottom, bottom right. No, that's the uh, top, top right. Okay. Uh, bottom right is the Piper. It's gotta be the Piper. Well, we already saw that. The, we saw Grodd and Mirror Master already, so we've seen them play a role in this scheme that Thawne has going on. Right, right. And now I'm not sure how how the was it the stillness people and now I'm, I'm a little more confused as to how they play into all of this because it seems like maybe they aren't actually independent third parties it now it looks like somehow thon is involving them i might be wrong about that but it looks like there's more of a connection there and so i'm confused as to how that's playing out i'm interested because i i like the stillness and i like that concept but um uh, I I, I want to see go further. I mean, it says uh, folded uh, man. Yeah, that was from a few issues back. Oh, okay. Sort of more conceptual villains, I think. Sort of uh, Doom Patrol-y villains, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the art front, um, through this arc, the crazy stuff. That happens, um, Diodato fucking nails. Mm-hmm. I love the paneling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even I mean, even that even that last page, besides the the nasty pun that Sisperier put on us. You know, the the thawn made of uh I don't know, dead babies or whatever. Sure. Like, that's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um if anything, I guess I'll recommend this for the art because like there's some there's some legendary flash art happening here mm. and through the series because like there's not I I don't think uh hmm, portraying the ticks of a second in a comic book makes complete sense when you overlay the panels like that like you know like uh, the bottom there are these extra panels that he's put all over the place and oh. to me that's just you know that's passing the time for the flash you know in in 
in more ways, in more experimental ways. Mm. And it really feels like Diodato is playing with the, the form throughout this whole arc until someone is standing around doing something and he has to draw like humans. <laughs> and that is not as fun. Yeah. That's cool. That's a that's a that's a really cool. I think my journey with this series has come to its end. I think so. Fair enough. I think mine has only just begun. Oh, unfortunately. Good. Unfortunately. Yeah. Let us know. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not a fan but I like what's being played with here, I think. So, you know what? It's a pull. It's a pull. It's a pass for me, dog. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I actually had an interesting trip to my LCS this week, if you guys will oh, indulge me. You got caught. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell I'm just gonna tell a quick story before we get into oh, okay. the stack this week. So I went to my LCS and you know I picked up my stack. And one of the books that I actually, you know, that I actually got was this old thing. I got the Bardic oh, Verses. Hey, nice. let's go. Yeah. By our buddies, Matt Sumo and Pete Collins. Shout out to them. I was able to pick up the actual last copy that my local comic shop had. And my LCS is Midtown Comics. So for them to be sold out, that's a pretty good sign. And I was there fairly early. On Wednesday. Oh wow! Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah! Congrats, guys! So, congratulations to them. And Matt was actually at Midtown Comics that day. No way! Oh, so sick. yeah. So I ran into him. hadn't seen him since New York Comic Con this past year, and uh, it was really good to run into him. We, you know, chatted it up a little bit. And so, in the midst of our conversation. In the midst of our conversation, someone is listening to us talk. And Matt was telling me about, you know, um, how great things are going, you know, with the book. And then he asked me how things were going for us. I talked about the success of the Sal interview. He said, well, what do you guys have coming up? And I said, we've got Brian Hill coming on. And I was talking about how I was not able to get a copy of Ultimate Black Panther and how frustrated I was. But that, you know while it's cool that it sold out, you know, X amount of thousands, I think it was like, it was somewhere between six and 12,000. It was a lot of comments were fell off the back of a truck, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this guy who's been listening intently to our entire conversation comes over to us now and says, what, what did you say? And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, that that's what happened. That the, the books, you know, they, they disappeared. Some, X amount of, of thousands of books. And he said, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Let me tell you something. He said, let me tell you something. If I were the boss and one of my employees came and told me that those books had disappeared, I would have kicked their ass. I would have kicked their fucking ass. Now, I'm not a violent guy. I don't consider myself to be violent, but I would have put hands and feet on them. Hands and feet. And I was like, whoa, holy shit. And Matt, Matt, he looked shell-shocked, too. We were both 
blown out by this guy's energy, and he didn't stop at that. He kept it going. He said, that is so unprofessional. I can't believe that that happened. That is unbelievable. I am not a violent guy, but in that moment, I would have been so angry, I would have put my hands on him. I would have killed him. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a violent guy. I love that. He kept saying that. I'm not a violent guy. But I would have ripped him a limb from limb. Yeah. Blood spatter all over the walls. Now I'm not a violent man. <laughs> but if I were. So it gets better because, you know, while he's ranting and raving, another individual steps into the fray. No, no. Uh oh. And this guy's like, hey, do you guys work here? Obviously, fucking not, right? Like, right. obviously, we don't work here. But he comes up to us and says, do you work here? We say no. A guy who actually works at Midtown comes up and says, how can I help you? The guy doesn't bother talking to him. The guy <laughs> continues to talk to the three of us and says to us, hey, my nephew really wants a copy, of, uh, uh, really wants a first edition mint condition copy of Namor the Submariner's reappearance in Fantastic Four number four. How much do you think that would cost? <laughs> and I said, bro, who the fuck do I look like? Did we did we look it up? We were stunned. You should look it up. Oh, yeah, we were yeah. stunned. I'm working on it. Namor's for say it again. Sorry. It's 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 I think it's Fantastic Four number four. It's Namor's reappearance in, in comics. Oh, oh, from the OG stuff. I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from back then in the 60s. So the guy asks us for the price, and we're like, dude, that's that's thousands of dollars. You're not gonna find that just here at Midtown. Like, that why would we even know that? So he's like, Are you sure that that would be thousands of dollars? Really? And we're like, Well, yeah, I mean, for you to even find a copy of that comic book that's in good condition, not let alone graded, because he also said graded, right? right? right. Mint condition. Mint condition, yeah. But who do you think just has that? Yo, it, it, uh, and then the guy responded. He's like, that, "That's unbelievable that they don't sell it here. Who who owns this place? I'm not a violent guy. <laughs> I'll kill him." Yeah, yeah. She's like, they, "They got long boxes on the second floor. Go go figure it out." What do you got, Kale? I'm I'm very curious. I don't know if I. I don't I don't know if I found it yet. I'm not as I'm not as. Uh... My Google foo isn't as quite as good as Tyler. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. He didn't stop there. He kept asking us about hyper-specific comics. <laughs> that, at some point, Matt was like, we well, should probably just Google it, to be honest. You're yeah. going to have more success with that, which is completely true. Why are you asking me, a random person in Midtown Comics, the price of a very specific comic book from the 1960s that's obviously very notable just weeks removed from the announcement that the Fantastic Four movie is releasing on such and such day and time. For real. For real. And it's for your nephew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I believe you. My nephew really wants it. <laughs> Listen, mine does too. Oh. Number four. These are the interactions that I try to avoid having at Midtown, by the way. <laughs> this is why he doesn't go in. I want to get twice in since, and out, dude. Why since Bean? I, I have at the very least a nine point six. Nine point eight, you know, is, is please sign in to see the price. But a nine point six according is a, a fine fine what is it? FM fine mint, I think something like that. Uh six seventy five. But this is first silver age appearance of the original human torch. Oh, hold on a second, this is number That's four. 
yeah, that's not what I'm after. Dan says thirty six hundred to fifty four hundred dollars. Fucking hell. So if that's accurate information, which I mean his name is Dan the Truth Trudeau, so I assume that it is accurate. This man walked into the local comic shop asking strangers about a comic book that's worth almost five, between three and five thousand dollars. I don't know the answer to your questions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Um, so what are we thinking as far as the stack goes? For those of you who are unfamiliar, Sean's stack, it's you know, my my stack. This is where we take a look at the amount of books that I bought in an effort to help me curb my uh, problem of buying way more comics than I need to. Oh, we're so at seven, we're at seven now. Seven? What's up? We did six books, right? Did we? We did five. We did five. We did five. Okay, so we're at six now. Because five. of the Bardic Verses, yes. Might be, absolutely. yeah. I'd say yep. 12. Mm, Uncaged says 12. Yep. Oh, look at that. Roboter said, Kale, 14. Wow, okay. Uh, Roboter said, look, tough for my nephew. If I find it, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Roboter says nine for Sean this week. Oh, I did buy a trade. I did buy the Bardic versus trade, 20 bones. Oh. Now, that's that's a great point. What is the extra point for a trade? Is a trade two comics? In the stack? Oh, uh, no, because this doesn't have anything to do with price or anything like that. This is only about what I purchased. So I would say it counts as one item. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, so it counts as the one item. But I think, to your point, Kale, it, you would have to take into consideration it's probably worth – the value of it is probably worth replaces three comics. So if you're estimating, you probably subtract three. Presumably. Subtract three. I mean, add three? No, you remove three because he would have three less items. Because he bought the value of three items. Unless my man is buying, he's just throwing money down the fucking table. That, that's the whole point of this exercise is that he's throwing money on the table. Let's <laughs> go 14. So we got Dan for 11, and James Jones says 13. You guys ready? Final Let's answers? Go. All yeah. right, here we so, go. So, so uh, we're at six. We've got the six we already know about, what we read okay. for the show, and then, of course, Bardic Versus. We have uh, we have Carnage number four. Ooh. I did not intend to get this cover. I was very unhappy. I grabbed huh. – from you know the middle of the pile and this is what i pulled out which reminds me i forgot a critical detail of that story that i just told and i i, I can't let that let this show end without adding this critical story the first individual that approached myself and matt sumo hey had in his hands a stack i i wanted to pick up the stack but i can't do that he had a stack of carnage number fours in his hand every single copy that midtown had it had to be like 20 copies, maybe even more than that. He had every single one in his hand the entire time. Well, no wonder he was going to, you know, commit murder when the Black Panther fell off the truck. He's a scalper. <laughs> My man, is. he was hoping to pick up those number ones so that he could go to 
Comic-Con this year, get them sold, and then sell them. I guess he was trying to fit, find a yeah, mint copy, but it was just crazy. Like, why are you holding? What if someone else happens to want to purchase a copy of Carter's of the War? They just like look over it. Yeah, like, like you, you're like, hey, can I can I swap this variant out? He's like, no, I'm not no. a violent guy. What do you mean? <laughs> you touch you touch this stack of Carnage number four. Do you know what I'll do to you? Yeah. I'll throw you in the sewer so the crocodiles can get you. Now I'm not a violent man, <laughs> but I'm not a rapper. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, let's get let's get back into it. So we're at seven. Uh, seven. Miles Morales, Spider Man number mm-hmm. seventeen. What if Venom number one by our friend Jeremy Holt? Hey, yeah, very yeah, very yeah, happy yeah, yeah, and excited yeah. for them that they were able to get this book out. So congrats on that. Wolverine number forty four, continuing the Sabretooth War arc. Uh, excited to jump into that. We've got Red Sonia number eight. Sucker for it. How could I not be? How could I not be? Look. I'm trying. Hold it up closer. I took a half measure with this cover. Because there was another cover that I wanted more, but I was like, you know what? I just can't do it. I just can't. It's going to be not polybag. The Uh... the person who rings me up is going to have to see this, and I just can't. (laughs) So I went with, I took a half measure. Yo, he's Um, he's, he's just going to ring you up. He'd be like, I got the same one. Unbelievable. Nice. nice. What kind of podcast do you think this is? Uh, Monstrous number 49. Whoa. I can't believe they're only on number 49 of this. Right? That's been going on for years. You want to hear something? You want to hear a horrible truth? Yeah. I'll share it because this is what we do in this segment. Oh, no. I probably haven't read an issue of Monstrous (laughs) since like number 25, dude. Yeah, I fell off of it. I want to say probably in the 20s. And that was probably like five years ago. And I have them all. <laughs> I have them all. Detective Comics, number 1082. Rom V's run is almost over. I guess I'll catch up with it when it ends. Oop. But uh, I'm going to ask, how's it been it. going? Wouldn't know. <laughs> World Tree, number eight. Issue eight. Mm. This was uh, uh, the only... The only original IP book last year to crack the top 50 of comic book sales, if you can believe that. So, wow. Hopefully, hopefully it's been good. Uh, Undiscovered Country, number 28. It's a book that's being printed still. Uh, Duke, <laughs> number three. Can't wait to read this. There I am caught up on Duke, of course. Yeah. The first appearance of, um, what's her name? Baroness? Yeah, there you go. Right. I want to Sounds say Viper right. for some reason, but I know that's not her name. I just, sorry, G.I. Joe fans, I'm not, I don't know. The Invincible Iron Man number 15. Damn, stack. You're still going. Kelly, have you been keeping count? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Rare Flavors number four. Oh, I'm so mad that didn't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have had to read three issues to catch up. <laughs> um, and that is it for this week. Is that... Is that 18? I guess it is. Did you count the trade? No. 19. Well, no, by your math, that's 21. <laughs> oh, no, no. Bardic versus was. We did count it at the beginning. That's right. Yeah, 18, 18, 18. Wow. Good stack today. Did anyone get that? No. That Wait. is That is the most since we started the segment. Wow, yeah. this is not working. Not this week, it didn't. 
It sure didn't. This was bad, guys. This was they must have the, those people must have distracted you. No, dude, I actually had already got my books. Oh, so he was, also had a oh, stack. Excuse. Dude, I yeah, I messed up. I messed up. I I I had to buy Bardic Verses. I couldn't say no to that. Well, and yeah, that one's of, excusable. There was just a lot and of books that I'm on right now. Ish. Venom. That one was excusable. Carnage. Oh, what if Venom? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Carnage was not. Why not? I mean, I I intend Come to on. read it. We're gonna have Torn Gronbeck on this show because I'm a big fan of hers. I'm going to be. I'm gonna have read everything she's written. That's fine. But she's yeah. not our friend yet. She will be. Just but she's wait. not yet. All right. Well, this was a this was a Torin Wednesday. For me, because she had two books, Carnage and and uh, and uh, Red Sonia. So I'm not going to say no to that. Oh, sorry. sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, <laughs> Dan says, if I were in NYC and saw Sean at Midtown, I'd be very tempted to pretend to be crazy and ask him insane questions. The problem is that I know what you look like, Dan, so that would not work. Um, But Sean, Sean does have people hunting for him, so. Don't even worry. You don't know how true that is. I had a whole conversation with my girlfriend about how that how how I need to be more careful, let's say, about what I say about where I buy my comics. Mm. Matt because Sumer I might have a stalker. Matt You're gonna have to start up. popping all all around the all around the city just different the, the the one downtown, Sean, Wall Street. I know it's about a two hour trip for you, but Worth it. Nope. Won't be happening. Aaron Ruiz says, Sean is the perfect example of a person of the thought. I will read it someday, one day. That's true. That is true. Oh, yeah, Roboters. And here, I thought it was going to be a light week. Man. Oh, no. I, that's what I thought, too. There must be something in the air. I read an extra five issues this week. That's Yo, crazy. That's, yeah, wild. That's crazy. Uh, James James Jones uh, Sean is not a violent man, but that stack is. That stack, that stack will water torture you in Guantanamo Bay. Violence on my wallet, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Amazing. L look, I'm sorry. Next week, I will endeavor to be better. This is a work we'll in be, progress, but but we'll, hey, we'll try. I'm trying. My loss, your gain. Hopefully, you guys had a good time. The next time we will be live with you is Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern for our interview with the one and only Brian Edward Hill. There is no one who can do what he does in this industry. On the microphone, he's a blast. You're not going to want to miss out. Make sure you are watching us live because you will have an opportunity to win a great Brian Hill comic book. Which one? You'll decide. Um, make sure you vote in the listener pick poll. We just shared that once again in the chat. If you guys want to get your vote on before you head on out. Thank you to everybody who stuck around and hung out with us. We appreciate you. Patreon.com slash the comics pals channel memberships are open. If you want to support, if you ha if you're happy with our show tonight, go ahead, Marco. Uh, and then speaking of Patreon, um, I, I put up my most recent post, but also wanted to 
let the folks know that I'm going to be releasing a free uh, Patreon post, um, one of the, the earlier ones, uh, my magnum opus on certain manga, uh, romance manga. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's uh, my 22-pager. So you'll have some stuff to read alongside my, my regular newsletter this week. That's some plug. 22 pages? Yeah, dude. I, I write a lot. For free? For free. That's the value you get when you join the Comics Pals Patreon. That's less money and more pages than Sean spent this week. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you Saturday. Until then.